Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, October 2nd, 2021, and this is day 1302 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, adore you, and glorify you. There is none like you. Thank you so much for waking us up to go forth and fulfill the purpose that you've given us for this day. I pray, Father, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is share the history until you leave. It is important that we continue to share the word of God and share the story, the truth about what the word of God says. So today is going to be a lot that I'm going to read uh, but it is vital. Uh, I've run across this many times and have studied it, but never felt um, it was time to bring it to the MI15 family. But today is the day the Lord said, read the whole thing. So we're coming out of Acts chapter six, starting at verse eight, and we're going to go through uh, chapter seven, verse one through 60. It is important that you see how Stephen shares the history and how he deals with the conflict. <clears throat> and it's about God's word, not mine. Okay, so we'll get started. Now, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the free men, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who are sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? To this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans, and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on, but God promised him that he and his descendants 
after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no child. God spoke to him in this way. For 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. And he's talking about the Jews, the the Israelites. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said, and afterward they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs. So those represent the 12 tribes of Israel because God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Okay, verse nine, because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, so Joseph's older brothers were jealous of him. They sold him as a slave into Egypt, but God was with him and re- and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our ancestors could not find food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our forefathers on their first visit. On their second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was, and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent his father, Jacob, and his whole family, 75 in all, He sent for his family, I should say. Then Jacob went down to Egypt where he and our ancestors died. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought from the sons, sons of Hamar at Shechem for a certain sum of money. As the time drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian. So he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came up on two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them but them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years, he passed an angel 
After 40 years passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliver, glory to God, by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with an with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors. And he received living words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought the sacrifices to it and revealed in what their own hands had made and reveled in what their own hands had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. This agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings? Forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel, you have taken up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Rephan, the idols you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babylon because they chose to worship idols instead of the true and living God. Verse 44. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant covenant law when, when with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. So he's talking about the Ten Commandments. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? So God truly lives in all of us who have accepted him as Savior. 
Verse 51, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. Talking about Jesus. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And I I just want to make sure you understand that God, Jesus sat at the right hand of God. This is the first time we see where God is stand, where Jesus is standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, which meant he died. And Saul approved of their killing him. And later Saul's name would be changed to Paul and God would use him greatly. He so greatly that he was the writer of the majority of the New Testament. The 27 books of the New Testament, he wrote the majority of them. Very powerful how Stephen was so bold and courageous and stood up and shared from the very beginning of Genesis of what took place in the history so that these people would know what was going on and who they truly should be serving. Point number one, when they falsely accused Stephen, his response was the word of God. When they were furious and gnashed their teeth at Stephen, his response was, I see Jesus, the son of man, standing at the right hand of God. When they stoned him, his response was prayer. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. You see, he used the word of God constantly from the beginning to the end of his death. The word of God is powerful. Point number two, the word of God is powerful all by itself because it is from God. His word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And that is from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. So we see the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. 
The word of God is powerful enough all by itself. We don't need to add anything to it or take anything away from it. We must simply share it in love and God will do the rest. Are you sharing his word with others, even in your actions? Start where you are today, right now, with your family, and it will spread from there like wildfire. Oh, glory be to God. I think about a dear, sweet sister who uh, was in the church I started off as. I and I was unchurched. <laughs> I was in my early 20s when I first accepted Jesus as my Savior, and it's been a little over 40 years now. And I tell you, it has been quite an awesome journey, and I've not looked back. Well, during the first 27 years at this church I started off at, there was a dear lady named Sister Evelyn who reminded me so much of this wonderful Bible truth about Stephen. She was always helping others and giving to others, just the kindest woman you could ever meet. And I remember her daughter had accepted Jesus, and then she she kind of backslid and got off course, and, and she went to the military. She came back, and she got married, and she rededicated her life back to the Lord. And her and her new husband had three children, and I'm summing everything up. I believe it was three precious children, and I think uh, the oldest may have been around five, and then another one may have been three, and another one may have been about one when an incident took place. A horrific incident took place. One day, I guess an argument took place. Something happened at home with Sister Evelyn's daughter and her son-in-law. And the son-in-law killed Sister Evelyn's daughter. He stabbed her several times. It was excruciating, and, and it just brings pain when I think about it, but the saving grace is she knew Jesus and we know that she's with the Lord. But when that man did that, it just made me so angry. I was so hurt because she was like our daughter too. And she was in my Sunday school class. I knew her children and I loved her mother and the whole family. And I'll never forget how Sister Evelyn handled this. When they had court uh, for to, sent, to, to sentence uh, Sister Evelyn's son-in-law for the harm, uh, the killing he inflicted upon her daughter. Sister Evelyn was there. And instead of going off and saying, I want him to spend life in prison, what she did blew me away. She led that man to Christ. He I believe he got saved. I don't know, but she certainly gave him the opportunity. And that just really amazed me. And and it changed my life forever because that is truly love, you know. Uh, even when something so excruciating like that happens. And I'll always remember that. Me and my other friends, we talk about that so much. And that was so many years ago. I remember we had our bakery down at Crown Center. And... There, walking down the hallway as I was going to get more cinnamon rolls to take to the bakery from our kitchen, was Sister Evelyn's oldest daughter with her husband and her child and smiling and looking just like her mother. 
it was Sister Evelyn's granddaughter, I should say, and smiling and looking just like her mom and her grandmother. And it brought great joy to me to see. You see, it is so important to share the history. And I know Sister Evelyn raised her grandchildren and she raised them up in the Lord and she shared the history of the Lord with them so that they would not have the animosity and anger and strife um, because of what happened to their mother. They had overabunding, overabundance love that was poured out to them. What a blessing, right? How about you? The Lord is saying there may be some hurt and pain that you're dealing with right now from something someone inflicted upon you and you've been dealing with. How do I handle this? What do I do as a believer in God? How do I deal with it? Take what we learned today about what Stephen did, about what Sister Evelyn did, and apply that to your life, the word of God, and act accordingly. The Lord loves you so much. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y, C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.